Greetings, I'm Will Tompkins, and this is the Narrow Way Podcast. This series of episodes is our 17-week study of John Bunyan's timeless book, The Pilgrim's Progress, edited by C.J. Lovick. This edition is available on Amazon in both paper and on the Kindle e-reader. It is also available on the Crossway Books website. Links to both are available in the description text of the first episode of this series. In this episode, we'll be discussing chapter 15 in our source text, Home in the Celestial City. But before we begin, please bow your heads with me for a moment of prayer. Holy, holy is thy name, Father. All glory and honor to you. And grateful are we for your presence here with us. As we come together now, Father, to study your ways, prepare our hearts and our minds and ready us for your truth. And with that truth, Father, strengthen us, embolden us, and fill us with a determination to work in your fields. In Jesus' name, amen. Now as a brief overview, loved ones, recall that when we last left our journey, Christian and Hopeful had once again left ignorance behind and we're discussing one Mr. Temporary in the deadly affliction common to all temporaries, backsliding. And during that discussion, we learned this overarching lesson. There is no safety but in Christ. And let not the day of judgment be of any surprise to you. Now let's turn our attention to today's discussion, chapter 15, Home in the Celestial City, where we will begin with Beulah land. Now the name Beulah comes to us by way of Isaiah 62.4. Thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. The full verse reads, You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate, but you shall be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. Beulah is, by definition, a feminine given name used as a prophesied attribute of the land of Israel. The King James Bible translates the word as married, and so it serves here to remind us of Christ's covenant relationship with his church, as expressed in the Holy Communion. And you'll find more on this in Jeremiah 31.31, Matthew 26.28, 1 Corinthians 11.25, Hebrews 9.15 and 12.24, and also in Ephesians 5 and Revelation 19. We are come now, writes Cheever, in our pilgrimage as far as to the land of Beulah. Would that we were all there in reality and could abide there while we stay this side of the river of death. But the land Beulah, lovely as it is, is only one stage in our pilgrimage, and that a very advanced stage. 
and it is observable how Bunyan makes his pilgrims go forth from strength to strength by a gradual progress from one degree of grace, discipline, and glory to another in accordance with that sweet scripture image, the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. So the pilgrims go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appearing before God. Amen. And isn't strength to strength and strength by strength a most apt description of our pilgrimage loved ones? That every trial that every challenge, that every battle is a strength gained, all but upon our faith and our obedience. The Beulah Land also conveys, as Bradley writes, the sweet peace and confidence that believers should experience towards the close of their lives. It is here where you will have visions of eternity, the anticipation of sin's entrapment, the fellowship of saints, and the lifting of the veil from the bride's face. Amen. It is a place where our pilgrims find comfort and relief, where the sun shone night and day. It is a place beyond the valley of the shadow of death and out of reach of giant despair and doubting castle. It is a safe haven where they may commune with its inhabitants as well as the shining ones who frequently visit. It is a land of plenty. As Bunyan writes, there was no lack of bread or wine, for in this place they met with an abundance of what they had sought during all their pilgrimage, a land where the inhabitants called pilgrims the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. And from here, in Beulah land, they were near enough to the city to see that it was built of pearls and precious stones and that the streets were paved with gold. It was glorious, so glorious, in fact, that it made our pilgrims sick with desire. So where is this land? And do you not achingly yearn to be there? Freed from the shadow of death and despair and doubt? Well, you can, loved ones, you can. For obedience, my brethren, is Beulah. Listen to this most eloquent description by Alexander White. How shall we hope to see our boys and our girls playing in the streets of Beulah and eating all their days of its sweet and its healing fruits? How shall we and our children with us henceforth escape the slough of despond and giant despair's dungeon and the valley of the shadow of death. The word, my brethren, the answer to all that is nigh unto us, even in our mouth and in our heart. For faith, simple faith, will do all that, both for us and for our children beside us. A heart-feeding faith in God, in the Word of God, and in the Son of God will do it. And then obedience, for obedience, my brethren, is Beulah. All obedience is already Beulah. Holy obedience will bring the whole of Beulah into your heart and into mine at any moment. It is disobedience that makes so many of those who otherwise are true pilgrims to miss so much of the land of Beulah. Amen. O oh, Father, not my will, but thine be done. 
It is here then in Beulah land that the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Now, as our pilgrims continue along their journey through Beulah land and on into the city, they saw a gardener standing in the path. It is possible that this gardener, like the shepherds in the delectable mountains, represent another needed aspect of pastoral ministry. The pastor is a great comfort and help to those in the flock who are on the brink of heaven. And they asked this gardener, whose lovely vineyards and gardens are these? To which he responded, they are the king's and are planted here for his own delight and also for the solace of pilgrims. And he invited our pilgrims into the vineyards and said, Refresh thyselves. He also showed them the king's favorite arbors and walkways, and here they stayed and slept. When they awoke, they prepared to go up to the city, and along their way they met two men whose raiment shone like gold and whose faces shone as the light. They were the shining ones. They asked our pilgrims, Christian and hopeful, four questions. Where had they come from? Where they had stayed? And what difficulties and dangers had they faced? And what comforts and pleasures had they met along the way? And after hearing their answers, they told Christian and hopeful they had but two more difficulties to overcome, and then they would be in the city. The difficulties they spoke of are death without and unbelief within. But it is the unbelief within that makes death so distressing to us. Dr. Maureen Bradley writes, We all live in the city of destruction, and it is amazing that many people refuse to think about the most certain reality in human experience, death. Only ignorance of the scriptures can enable people to rest securely when their immortal souls are in a gravely dangerous condition. And Bunyan writes, Consider thou must die but once. I mean as to this world, for if thou, when thou goest hence, does not die well, thou canst not come back again and die better. And with that most excellent wisdom, we proceed to the river of death. The Shining Ones told our pilgrims that you must enter the city by your own faith. Now as they went on, they came to a place where they could see the gate. But between the gate and them was a river. They asked if there was another way, to which the men answered, Yes, but there have only been two, Enoch and Elijah, who were permitted to tread that path since the foundation of the world and no one else until the last trumpet sounds. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him up. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now from 2 Kings 2.11, we learn what happened to Elijah. 
Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And now, finally, our stalwart pilgrims meet their final enemy, death, and they meet here at the river's edge. This is where death stares them in the face. Their fears arise, but through the river they must go. What are they to look at? Certainly not at themselves, at what they have done and been. No, continues Bradley, they must look only to Jesus, who has conquered death for his redeemed children and can and will overcome the fear of death in them. Faith in Jesus and in what he has done for them supplies the solid ground they need to walk on in order to pass through the river of death. So having no other way available to them, our pilgrims wade into the river, and almost immediately Christian begins to sink, panicked. He cries out to his brother, hopeful, I am sinking in deep waters. The billows are going over my head, and all his waves go over me, Selah. Psalm 42, 7. Lovick reminds us here, loved ones, that the true believer has no guarantee that his death will be a painless slipping away. It may, in fact, be horrific, while for others it may be quick and without suffering. And as he sinks, the sorrows of death engulf Christian, and he fears he shall not see the land that flows with milk and honey. He is now surrounded with an unimaginable horror and darkness, crushing his lifeblood and his spirit. He loses his senses, and worse, his memory of the many sweet refreshments that the Lord had provided him along the narrow way. He is terrified he will die in the river and never get beyond the gate. Now his past sins emerge and drive him ever deeper into the valley of despair. Hopeful continues to comfort him. Brother, I see the gate. I see the gate, and there are men standing by to receive us. But Christian says, It is for you they wait. You have been hopeful ever since I knew you. And so have you, Hopeful responds. But now Christian seems all but certain that because of this sin, he that brought me to this snare will leave me here. Christian, Christian, what are you thinking? Have you forgotten what is said of the wicked, that there are no bands in their death. These trials you are going through is not a sign that God has forsaken you. No, they are sent to try you, to see if you remember all the goodness he has provided. You're being tested to see if you will rely upon him in your distress, in your deepest pain, and that in that pain you will know that Jesus is enough. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. And with that, Christian shouts out, Oh, I see him again. And he tells me, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
and they will not overflow you. Amen. And with that, they took courage and crossed the river, and the enemy was as still as a stone. Soon they were on solid ground, standing on the promises of God, and there waiting for them were the two shining men who were sent to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. Amen. Now the city was upon a mighty hill, higher than the clouds, but with the help of the ministering spirits, our pilgrims went up with ease. On the way up, the Shining Ones described the beauty and glory of the place as inexpressible. Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the innumerable company of angels and the spirits of just men made perfect. You are going now, they said, to the paradise of God, where you will not see sorrow, sickness, affliction, and death, for the former have passed away. And now as they drew near to the gate, a company of the heavenly hosts came out to greet them, and the shining ones announced our pilgrims as, quote, the men who have loved our Lord when they were in the world, and who have left all for his holy name. It is written, they were greeted with shouting and the sounds of trumpets, and the trumpeters saluted Christian and his companion with 10,000 welcomes. Continuing on, they came to the gate, over which was written in gold these words, Blessed are they who do his commandments, for they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. Amen. Now then the Shining Ones instructed our pilgrims to call at the gate, and when they did, Enoch, Moses, and Elijah looked down from over the gate and heard, quote, These pilgrims have come from the city of destruction for the love that they have for the king of this place. Then Christian and Hopeful gave them their certificates, which they had received in the beginning. Recall that Christian received his certificate from one of the three shining ones after losing his burden at the cross, where he was told he should deliver it at the gate. The certificate is the evidence of their faith in Jesus, confirmed by the Holy Spirit. But as our text reminds us, the certificate is not a guarantee that he will enter the celestial city. As a pilgrim, he can only rely on his own strength and fortitude to make it that far. Yet if he does arrive there, his certificate symbolizes his readiness to enter. So let us, loved ones, run the race to win and thus obtain that imperishable crown. Amen. 1 Corinthians 9.24 And so their certificates were carried to the king, and after reading them, he commanded them to open the gate, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. At that, the gate was opened and our pilgrims entered, and they were transfigured and clothed with raiment that shone like gold. And then Bunyan writes, Then I heard in my dream all the bells of the city ringing out for joy. They both, Christian and hopeful, were told, Enter ye into the joy of your Lord. 
and with a loud voice our pilgrims sing, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. And in his dream Bunyan sees that the city shone like the sun. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Amen. So, loved ones, you may ask, what happened to ignorance? The one who had been instructed by Christian and hopeful that the righteousness of Christ is the only hope for sinful man. Well, trusting in his own works and deeds, he crossed the river of death without any difficulty whatsoever by taking a ferry owned by Mr. Vainhope. And when he arrived at the gate, despite his testimony, he was rejected. Indeed, the king refused to see him. He commanded the same two shining ones who had escorted our pilgrims to take him away. So they bound him hand and foot and carried him in the air to the door on the side of the mountain. Yes, that door, the byway to hell. Well, loved ones, as we draw to a close on this, our final episode of this series, chapter 15, Home in the Celestial City, let us remember that death is certain. And since we have only one opportunity to get it right, we must embrace it. And second, that there is no safety, no salvation, except in and through Jesus Christ. Indeed, there is nothing without Jesus. Finally, with your eyes fixed firmly upon him, walk upright in the Lord. For you our living testimony to his grace and his mercy. And in all things, bring glory and honor to him who is your salvation. Now bow your heads with me, please, loved ones, and let us pray. Holy, holy, holy is thy name, Father God. All glory and honor to you. We are filled with gratitude, Father for the many spiritual gifts you have bestowed upon us during this time of study and reflection. Grant us, O Father, the strength and the courage to use these gifts effectively for our work in your fields. You have reminded us, Father, that we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So humble us, Father, that we may be content with your provisions. Yes, Father, that we may be content with your provisions. And Father, may we one day stand in that flood of light poured out from the open gates of your glorious city. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, loved ones, if you know of others who might be encouraged or strengthened, by Pilgrim's Progress and these podcasts, please share with them. And until then, may the Comforter be with you always to guide you in the way that leads to the city. Amen.